just uh well we better get started at some point yeah we're kind of wasting the day away here i know yeah exactly we're gonna spend more time just trying to look up stuff to put on the podcast that, or, we, should, that we all desperately should have done like two to three days ago or we can look out the window at the bear totem you just <laughs> you just noticed my neighborhood bear totem today right it, it, i i did i drove down the street and for the first time i i noticed this totem pole which is in the shape of a bear and and, and a, a bear emerging. Yeah, a bear just emerging from the grass. I'm surprised we don't get more visitors just to see the bear totem on our street. But um, as, as I told you earlier, it was a Pokemon Go hotspot. Remember Pokemon Go back for like two years ago, two yeah, summers it, ago. Yeah, it, was it two or three summers ago? Yeah, I can't it was remember. two or three, and and it was like this. Everybody was doing it. I was trying to run around the lakes um, every day and was. Weaving through people who stare down, staring, at their, staring down at their at, cell phones, at their phones, and so the bear totem was a Pokemon hotspot. So my my street, which is soup, you know, normally very quiet back back street, you know, absolutely nose to tail with just diesel fumes and 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 just people wandering blindly into the middle of the road, looking at their cell phones, and then of course just doing a swipe, just doing a swipe. Um, yeah. Hey, should we start this thing? Let's get it going. Jump right in with our news section. Just go along with it, shall we? Um, okay, we got swim, bike, run, and all our transition news, everything in between. Again, thank you very much for downloading Channel 3 Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter. Uh, it's Block Capitals, Channel 3 Racing, no gaps, and the E is the 3. Um, if you like this podcast, please uh, subscribe, go ahead, and um, give us some feedback. If uh, you like what you're hearing, tell us. If you don't like, tell us how we can improve. We'd love to hear from uh, you all out there. So, jumping right in to uh, our swim, bike, run, news, swim. Not, it's kind of a quiet swim season. We've, I know that there's, I think there's a Masters uh, championships going on in the pools, a couple of other events, but triathlon specific. I, I did find this kind of amazing that Flora Duffy, well, not amazing that she won. Not amazing that she won. She, uh, uh, she is sort of shoulders above um, in the elite women's field um on the itu circuit she she's i mean she's she's been on the podium i don't know how many times so very very consistent she was on her home turf um that was huge the home turf turf deal there the banners banners they they the whole works for her she's you know she's a a national sensation. And, yeah, and quite rightly so. I think. Yeah, and and I think very impressive that she performed. Didn't, she didn't disappoint. No, full length. So a full Olympic length ITU race. And for those of you who um, still a little curious about what we're talking about, there we got a one point five k. So a, we're all fully metric here. So fifteen hundred meter swim. So just shy of a mile. Um, and the swim news, I guess, is. They're doing that in under 20 minutes. And Flora Duffy went um, pole to pole the, the, the whole way. She, she 
let out of the water, straight into transition, let out on the bike. She was first off of the bike. She got out on the run. And, you know, no one touched her. No, no. absolutely no one touched her. Uh, second place, Brit coming in just under three minutes or right around three minutes behind her. That's a big gap in terms of Olympic triathlon. So it's a 1.5K swim, 40K bike, quite still about 26 miles. Mm-hmm. And then you got a 10K or a 6.2 mile run at the very end there. Her times are blistering. It was a great venue, actually. You know, the actual race itself was and, great. And, yeah, and, and I think um, I was very excited to see the bike course. Uh, very, very technical, so corkscrew hill the right sort of um the the point of of the bike course that was being hyped up and 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 they did 10 laps of of this uh 4k circuit and and so 10 times up this uh short steep climb just to see who would break i think yeah and i think they did it really well i think you know i'm gonna throw it back and sort of say it reminded me a lot of the first Super League triathlon event. Um, it was last year um, over in Australia um, where they did a repeat and they had that nasty sort of mm-hmm. climb mm-hmm. and those that can could, or those that could did and those who were marginal just really cracked on those short steep Climbs mm-hmm. um, and also technical as well, and I think you see that with the islands where you have maybe less sort of infrastructure-wise, you don't have an awful lot of like really solid pavement mm-hmm. or whatever across the entirety. Mm-hmm. Um, don't know, I've never been to Bermuda, um, but uh, it struck me that they picked, they kind of cherry picked this thing, and you know, ten times around, you you might think as an athlete, oh, that might be kind of dull. It's only four k around. I don't think so. And I think spectators got a huge amount. It's almost like someone's yeah. like sitting in the track and just yeah. watching. Right. Yeah. yeah. So you, you could position yourself. You could probably even walk your way around maybe the back streets or something and, 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 and be able to sort of pick up differences as they're going on. It's still 40K, you know. It's, it's still about hours worth of cycling, mm-hmm. um, give or take, um, on that course. And, and, and I think that's the... That's the part of ITU racing that that I enjoy it, and and we've been to uh, and we've been to a grand final, or I've been to a couple grand finals, and 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 just how ITU racing um, happens a lot is there. There's these shorter um, courses, and they, and they do multiple laps, right? The and so courses. so people have an opportunity. To, it, it is to spectator see, friendly. It is to see the athletes go by a number of times, and and so it. It gives a good experience, I think. Yeah, I, th- I think it does if you're the member of the viewing public as much as anything. So if you do have the opportunity to go out and see any number of uh, of these ITU courses globally uh, or any number of these ITU races, do. Uh, triathlon's a little tough, you know. You, you can't really spectate the swim. And, um, you know, I mean, uh, my beautiful bride has supported me over so many races and, and you know, she's, she's there at transition, just like, just like your wife, they're at transition, they wave you off. And then depending upon the, right co- <laughs> the, the length of the course, you know, a lot of these races, it's just like, okay, well, I'll see you again. In I'll an see you in a couple hours. Right, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, so it is good to see that. But big news on the men's side of ITU Bermuda. Especially if you're Scandahoovian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you were, uh, I, 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 I know the winner is Stormes um, of Norway. I've heard the name come up throughout the course of the last couple of seasons on the commentary. This guy's gonna be, you know, an up and comer. Blah blah blah. Um, which is which is great. It's phenomenal. 
But to see one nation go one, two, three, that's remarkably strong. We're talking about challenges to the Olympics, you know, coming up. Yeah, and and certainly a country like Norway, who, who certainly very good in endurance sports, but we think of them as great in the winter sports. <laughs> right, right. That, no, absolutely <laughs> Take, right. Taking the podium in cross-country skiing. Right. Um, or or but, having having really, really challenging events, like Norseman yeah. or something like that. Yeah, and... and and certainly on the ITU circuit, the the countries that are that have been top of mind, the Spains, right. the Great Britons, um, of sort of dominating the podium. Um, so it was it, it was a com- a complete surprise, uh, yeah, I think, I for a lot I, of people. Um, but I think it made it uh, an extremely exciting race to watch. Yeah, it, I think so too. The other the other thing I have to say is, um, if I were thinking about a nation that would go to Bermuda and compete. I'm thinking Bermuda, I'm thinking tropical islands, I'm not thinking that the men of the of the north <laughs> are gonna come down and, and and not melt in the heat. Fortunately it it was warm, it wasn't blistering. Um but they no, they they didn't crack at all. They did no. not crack at all. It was a it was a very, very impressive performance by yeah. Team Norway. Sure was. Which brings me to my question. Okay. For you. Having raced at the national level, do you have Team USA kit? I do. Did you have to buy it? Did you want yes. to buy it? Um, you have to buy it, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, it's a... Do, do you it, wear it at other so races? So I, I will say, having having competed at the World Championship, it, it, it's, a, it's a really cool experience yeah. to feel like, you know, you're wearing your country's colors. Right, right, you've, right. You've got USA on your kit. And, and, and so it just... Did you have your name as well? Yeah. yeah. yeah okay, got yeah. it. Right, I so, mean, so you've, yep. got the, you've got the full deal. you got the, the full ITU kit I deal. I think that's awesome. Yeah. It, it, Do it's, you wear it on other races? Um, I wore it for one um, sprint race last year in the lead-up to okay. Worlds. I... Um, because um, you haven't done one since you haven't. I haven't. But, yeah, I haven't, we haven't. I yeah. haven't. I haven't done a race. We're um, in Minnesota, since. people. The, yeah. the lakes have they, only just got the ice off it. Yeah. <laughs> if you're um, wondering. Um, yeah. So, but I'll, I'll. Yeah, I'll probably wear it again. Yeah. Because, because I, I, I will say the the new um, new to the USA kits this year. Uh, they're uh, now sponsored by Roca. Uh, Okay. They moved away from tier, or the tier partnership ended, um, and so they picked up Roca. And I will say, phenomenal kits, hmm. very good kits. Phenomenal. Anyway, phenomenal. So I'm a big fan of Roca. Okay. Yeah. I'm, it's funny because I'm a huge fan of tier. Yeah. <laughs> but let's uh, staying on the ITU circuit. Right. And jumping tra- into transition. Transi- transitioning into T1. Um, got news um, coming out uh, the past week. Um, Bids are open to host the 2021 ITU Grand Final. So this is the sort of capstone big championship event. ITU has a sort of a series of yeah, it's uh, a series eight, of races, eight, eight, eight or so international events that, and it's very global. It's yeah. very global. Um, span through like the I'll start in well, February, kind of, yeah, maybe, yeah, yeah, and run through September, and so. Yeah. Um, and, and different, you know, they have the sprint distance, and then they have the the full international, or the Olympic distance, and so. Um, the grand final uh, in the next couple of years. This year's in the Gold Coast. 
Australia. 19, yep, Australia. 19, it's in Switzerland. Lausanne. Lausanne. 2020 is in Edmonton, Canada. Um, and so the question for you is, um, t- in 2021, what city should host the should. ITU should host the ITU Grand Final? And I have a feeling of what city you may say. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but my my rationale is the city I would choose has hosted the Olympics. They have. Okay. They've also hosted the Grand Final in the past. They have. Okay. Um. They've got not a. Gr- I would say it's not a great necessarily swim area but everything else is kind of monumental in that you go around like monuments and um there's a lot of there's a there's a lot to also to see and do if you're a spectator. So my my uh my rationale is definitely Pig's Knuckle Arkansas should host <laughs> the IT now London London it would be it would be great to go back However, you and I took a trip to Chicago. We did. And we got to see the ITU final there. London, I probably wouldn't go because I live in Minneapolis, St. Paul. Um, Would it be a good venue? Yeah, would it be great? Would I like to see it in North America, um, in a a city, relatively speaking, close to us? Yeah, I would really love that because I'd I'd go back to Chicago. Yeah. I'd go and do that again. It's a great event. And now I've seen one. um, I'd, I'd bring the flags along and all that other kind of stuff and make make all the noise that I always do. Um, what what do you think? What do you think? I mean, London London would be great. Um, you could also go for something completely left, you know, and left field. And um, you could say sort of like a South Africa. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. I have issues with that. I get a lot of people. Um, not not that I want to besmirch the wonderful. Uh, Republic of South Africa or anything of that nat- nature, but there's been a lot of incidents, crime. Um, it's been difficult for people to train. People, mm-hmm. you know, a lot, a lot of pros will tell you how challenging that can be. In similar ways, uh, Brazil has some uh, some of those similar issues as well. Uh, last year, when the Formula One Grand Prix was in Brazil, um, drivers and their convoys leaving the um, leaving the, the the race circuit on their way to the airport were ambushed and, and, and held up. Um, so it, it's not, you know, there are there are some issues there. But, um, oof. Hey, Turkey. Turkey would be interesting. How about this? How about this? Um, Istanbul, it'll always be Constantinople to me, but Istanbul, think about where you could swim. You could swim in the Bosphorus. Yeah. That would be interesting. I don't know what the streets are like. I don't, mm. you know, I don't know what the streets are like, but it would be a, a cool, you know, that gateway to the east sort of feel. That that would that would be nice. Um, so, you know, I'm just taking a look at the world map. Istanbul would be kind of good. Throw it back up. Um, Finland, uh, you know, Helsinki. Um I mean, I I will say that the the wild card of having it in northern Climates. Europe, <laughs> right? And, and and this was certainly the case in Rotterdam last year. Uh, it was quite cold. In yeah. I mean, late September, you're getting into a time of the year where the weather can be a bit unpredictable. Right. And so, um, and so on. Um, for a couple race days during that uh, that race week, um, at the start, the air temperatures were 45, 48 degrees Fahrenheit, um, which yeah, coming out of the water is is quite cold. And so. 
you know, sort of weighing the the challenges of water, air temperature, and, and you know, certainly where can you hold uh, events. I mean, looking at the map for this year, you see there's no no ITU races in South America, and there's right. no ITU races in Europe per year. Right. South Africa, which is strange because there is normally. There is normally, and I know the, the races rotate, but normally there is uh, an event in uh, in South Africa, I believe. Yeah. Um, I think there's one other thing that I certainly am forgetting, um, and that is something that you're far more aware of, and that athletes have actually got to make it to this place. Yeah. So it's really nice as a spectator, me sort of saying, hey, why don't you hold it in Sri Lanka? I've never been to Sri Lanka. That'd be great. And then you qualify, and then the next thing you know, you've got to buy a ticket yeah. um, to Colombo yeah. in Sri Lanka <laughs> and take how much time off? And so... There, there is an aspect of it's got to have it's got to have you know an international airport and all that infrastructure, but it's also can't be too out of the way yeah. because you will price, I guess, or inconvenience athletes who have qualified from going. Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah. you know, like saying, for instance. India. Well, that that would be great. That would be great. But uh, India is diametrically opposed on the map to the U.S. Um, and so there's there's like a fourteen hour play yeah. ride or whatever it is. My bet is uh, somewhere in Spain. That would also be good. Yeah. That would also be good. Southern Spain, especially. Maybe somewhere in the Mediterranean. Maybe yeah. somewhere in the Mediterranean coast. Maybe. You know, Spain. That could be Spain, South of France. Um, yeah. No, that that would be good. Of course, I'm. Um, no offense to Pig's Knuckle Arkansas, but, um, unless you get your bid in soon, I think you're out of the running. <laughs> All right, bike news. What have you got for us on the bike there? So, um, going back to a race we talked about last podcast, uh, Saint Anthony uh, Tri down in down in down in Florida, uh, an Olympic distance short course uh, non draft race uh, that has been been run for quite a number of years now and and always a fun one to watch um has been or was won by cameron die uh, for a number of years but this year um in very impressive fashion eric lagerstrom who uh competes on the itu circuit as well has just started uh to kind of dabble in the 70.3 um, took the win in uh, 145.02, beat the course record by 49 seconds with, and, and this is why it's bike news, with a bike split of 52.27, which, um, you know, for for folks who want to sense, that, that is uh, a pace of, of over 28 miles per hour That's- on the bike. Unfathomable. So, um, I mean, and and um, I th- and 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 had the fastest bike split by um almost a minute. That that is so. My 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 personal fastest average average uh, over a forty k is just under twenty four. And for those of you not familiar with kind of like the, the kinetic energy equation and what that means, it's your, your the output is um, related to the square of the velocity. So Every every mile an hour that you're increasing, it, it's it it's not a linear function. It it takes so much more energy to go from like I said. Actually, I think it, I'll be honest with you. I think it was just under twenty three. I was twenty two point nine or something like that. Yeah, that's that's right. So that's my fastest split. To go up to that next mile an hour, that 23.9, it, it's it's not it's not that easy. It just genuinely genuinely is not 
uh, not easy to do. The, the power output is not sort of like 20 more watts. It's the square of the difference. Um, and as you square that velocity, you know, the, the, the square of five is 25, the square of six is 36, you're getting exponentially, the gap in terms of energy power is growing exponentially. So to go from 23 to 24 is tough. To go from 24 to 28 is superhuman. Um, obviously, the course factors into it. Of course, Certainly. Yeah. Of course, my, my fastest was on one of the most challenging courses you've ever come across. It was uphill in all directions, right? Um, whereas he was probably downhill both mm -hmm. ways. Uh, no, that's just crazy. Yeah. 28. Yeah, 20, 28.4. Um, and and followed it up with um, a, a really impressive run split. I bet he was as using. Well, I bet he was just using, under thirty three. But he was using one of those newfangled disc wheels. I see all the pros using. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Got to get me a disc wheel. <laughs> uh, well, I have a question for you. So that's that's we, nuts. So we talked about Iron Man Texas last episode, and we had all kinds of ideas of who might win. Um, so, but I heard there was a little bit of controversy after after this particular edition. I, um, I don't know when the rumors started, and I'm still trying to get it all worked out in my head myself. Was there a was there a course shortening due to something that the racers found out about week before day of something like that? That's kind of a rumor that I've, I can't substantiate that, but I don't think it was the normal Woodlands bike course, the historic Woodlands bike course, historic just that they've used for the last few years. This is a championship race, mm -hmm. so doesn't really make um, doesn't really make that much difference to us age groupers. It's still the same two point four mile swim, yeah. one hundred and twelve mile bike, and twenty six point two mile run, um, or is it? Because um, they 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 did something and yep. they chopped. They they chopped two miles. Um, and Iron Man said this was uh, in the interest of athlete safety. And but I think that that and the the black box for me is this was uh, the shortened course was not communicated to athletes on race morning. So it wasn't. It See, was this not. Is I, this is what so, I love so, about. So 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 athletes. Um, all athletes didn't know about this shortened course until after the fact through you know Facebook announcement. Facebook. Garmin or, or was it or was it did 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 Iron Man actually say anything? It so, surprises so, surprises me that they would. So Iron Man. So what I've read, they put out an announcement on Facebook in the afternoon after after the race, or um, well, actually as part of the race was still in progress but um and then they also then clarified to uh triathlete magazine and a few other places and so they sent out another sort of announcement um and and so um there was a lot of social media hubbub with photos and all kinds of things about um or showing uh photos of of the of the unsafe uh Region or whatever it part was. of the course and yeah. So what was unsafe about it? You know, I I don't know. Um, it's Iron Man Texas. Were like were like infestations of armadillos or something? Is that what I... so? <laughs> so triathlete 
magazine did a write-up on and and they said that um one recording from a traffic cam on the course caught a pile up of riders and subsequent swerving from the surrounding peloton few drafting penalties were issued due to an in-race decision to pull all motorcycles including those for race officials from the course hold um, on for a second hold on for a second they they handed out drafting penalties no they didn't because there were no motorcycles so 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 iron man said during the bike portion so this is their state during the bike portion of the event iron man received multiple reports of erratic and unsafe driving behavior of two-wheeled motor vehicles that were on course in addition there were reports of several unauthorized and uncredentialed scooters on the course um and and so they thought this would uh create a unsafe environment and um they had the removal of all motos from the bike route was necessary to ensure athletes safety and blah 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 so they so so they they cut this chunk of of course but again i think the issue was more of how it was communicated to athletes but then no hold on for a second the 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 issue is not that (laughs) the issue that, that we're skating around and you're being, as you always are, wonderfully polite about it, is the fact that, yeah, it was a blisteringly fast day for the athletes. And they cross over the finish line. And even though, you know, all the all of the all of the pros and many of the age groupers are all decked out with Garmin's and GPS and whatever. And they know for a fact that that bike course is short. They pull into transition and they're like, oh, 109 point something miles? Man, I just booked myself two miles and didn't have to bike anymore. Um, there's, there's that side of it. Or they look down and they're like, oh, oh, okay, maybe my GPS is off or whatever. Then the run course is short, okay? And then after all that, yeah, wonderful, wonderful. I mean, winning time is incredibly fast. Seven hours, just under seven hours and 40 minutes, which beats Tim Don's mm-hmm. fastest Ironman record. Yep, from last year. Um, from last year at Brazil, Ironman Brazil, where he came up, he got into a little bit of flack because of the way that the pace car and the distance between the pace car and Tim Don may have been an assist and may have he may have been in a little bit of draft etc but at least tim don as far as we can tell went the full distance every single one of these athletes from the pros to the age groupers good for you guys wonderful iron man's a phenomenal thing didn't do 140.6 and the, and the iron man then certified matt hansen as the fastest ever IM brand race 140.6 is difficult for me to swallow. Okay. Yeah, because I mean I mean like you you just look at okay, if they were to do that additional 2 miles yeah. at their at their average pace. Yeah. Yeah. Um you know, you're 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 looking at an additional four and a half four yeah, four right. minutes and change right yeah. so you know that 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 puts you well outside the it it, it well it puts you i, I, I you know we're, we're squibbling over yeah. over <laughs> minutes but it's meaningful minutes um it is a heck of a lot easier to run a four minute mile when you don't have to run the full mile it it, it is um uh if, if you're at that level if you're at that elite level the the problem and i was out on my ride this morning and i was thinking to myself 
there's, there's, there's two problems that I have, additional problems to this. Number one is, what do you say to an age grouper like me? Oh, we shortened the course, you went 138.2. Make sure you get that tattoo. Make sure you get the 138.2 uh, Iron Man Texas tattoo. Um, is Iron Man a distance thing? That's the first, that's the first point that I have. And, I, and the answer for me is yes, if you're going to take an elite time. If it's a championship event, I'm really sorry, but those pros get a lot of points. Yeah, because I mean, this is in fact the North American Championship, right. and and so as an Ironman Championship event, the prize purse is bigger, and the points allocation in the final year, in my opinion, thank goodness, of the Kona Professional Points System, um, the North American Championship, the championship races globally hold the most points in terms of qualifying for Kona in October. Get it right. Get it. Right. Um, get the distances. This, you know, they can do it for marathons. They can do it for marathons, and there there are championship marathon circuits, and there are non-championship marathon circuits. And there's there's rules about that because of you know they don't want the course to be more uphill than downhill. But they also wheel those courses. They also get out there and they measure them, and not just by GPS, but by the official you know track and fields rules of getting out there and. Busting your hump and actually walking it with walking it with the wheel. Um, Iron Man needed to get this right. Yeah. But then to then to kind of jump back over and say, oh yeah, but we're we're certifying this time. What are they looking for? I mean, what are they looking for? Are they, uh, can they not tell the men's swimmer Matt Hansen who was a who did phenomenally? The battle during the marathon was absolutely incredible. Um, can they can they sort of look at him as time and say, sorry, that's not official? I think they can. I think I, I don't think Matt Hansen is going to walk away from that and go. What? I you know, I didn't? And the answer is, well, you know, of course he's chopped, you know? Um, no, you're not the fastest Ironman. Pretty darn close though. Yeah. I mean I know I know pros who go to who go to Kona and utterly fall apart on the course. What, what do we do then? Just give them a ribbon and say, well you're a pro and you know, you tried your hardest. Um I, I'm 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 really not comfortable with the way they certified these results. I, I'm I'm a hundred percent with you, I think. It, it uh, I think a, it certainly does a disservice to um, the existing record, which right. was done on the actual distance, and um, and and to your point, like Ironman is. It's a standard set about the distance, as yeah. you said. Yeah, um, it is. It's, it's and um, and with marathons, like there's a reason that some marathons are not eligible for the world, world record. record, right? And and so I think uh, Ironman could take a few lessons from that. Abs especially if you're going to have these quote-unquote championship races. Especially if you're going to have that. You know, and you can have these local non-Iron non brand uh, 140.6 distances like we have here in the state of Minnesota. Mm -hmm. uh, they'll get the distance right at least, you know. Um, so there's that. You know, you pay a lot for an entry fee. You pay a great deal for an entry fee. And I would hate I would hate to come away from that and go, and I didn't do the 140.6. I think, I mean, that's what I think. But the second thing, the, the, the really big problem that I have is several choke points on that ride. And drafting, drafting be damned. It was... It's is it gotten to the point where um, doing an 
Iron Man is about doing the distance, sure. It's about the challenge, but part of that challenge is about doing it single Charlie on your own. You're not supposed to draft on that bike. Um, I, I, you know, having done having done two myself and been very proud of the results. Um, they're not spectacular by any means. I did them, and I, I did, and I, I'm still trying to recover from the whole idea of the non-bunch swim star. Hmm. Um, I think it's a mistake to not do that, and it all comes down to marketing. It all comes down to the fact that we're trying to, in some way, soften the idea of an Iron Man so that regular people can quote sign up for it. I'm a regular person. You're a regular person. It's there's there's I don't think there's I don't think there's a point to dilute looting something that's a remarkable achievement to so you can sort of say well we don't do the swim starts like that because it made people uncomfortable if you're not uncomfortable doing an Ironman at any portion of it you know I don't want to say you're not doing it right it's it's not it's not being the right thing for you um, you're supposed to be uncomfortable you're supposed to have a physical challenge but you're also supposed to overcome mental obstacles as well like everybody start swimming off you go you've got you've got just under 17 hours to do this thing. Um, next next thing you know, you know, the, the rule has always been, if you come in after midnight, you know, DNF. Yeah. yeah. Well, the next thing you know, Iron Man will just say, well, you'll get some kind of a gold star. You know, you'll get something for coming in after midnight. And, I mean, I think I think the, the, the reason for the shortening of the course with athlete safety, etc., I I can fully support, and and I think especially in light of some of the bike accidents that have been yeah um, that we have seen, and and so like sure, if you need to make modifications um, to the course or. Or, or, or change things in the interest of athlete safety, I can understand that. But to your point, that doesn't necessarily mean that the time should stand as unofficial. Yeah. The other, unofficial record. I think, I think uh, one other piece about the athlete safety bit is, uh, you know, some of the courses, I don't know, I don't know of a single one of the courses that's quote-unquote fully closed. I understand it's tough. How do you close 112 miles of road? I, I get that. I understand that. But when you're raking in this much money from the entry fees from athletes and you see that Iron Man is an incredibly wealthy organization, you know, when it was sold uh, by the investment group to its new Chinese uh, backed owners um, for what did Andrew Mercek Mercek I think his name um, he took it from being sort of a uh, 150 million dollar company and now it's worth now it was sold you know like 2.5 billion or something ridiculous like that if it's worth that much money I'm sure you can get more permits what you don't have enough volunteers to police every intersection pay people yeah, oh. make it so that the 112 miles is safe and there is no excuse for when the cameras are on no excuse i can't think of a single one no excuse when the cameras are on on nbc and you're running the world championships of iron man kaya Kona, and you don't close that course completely to traffic i'm sorry i'm sorry they you know what the nation of france does it every single year every year the nation of france can let cyclists go unopposed, right? And I'm not just talking 112 miles here, I'm talking plus that significantly, right, for over three weeks. 
you can do it. It's a it's it's a matter of will, and I think they're cheaping out. And, and I'm I'm sorry. I, I, the buck stops somewhere, and I go up the food chain on this one. I really genuinely do. That's me. That's You're me. Here. Though. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's transition. Yeah, let's transition. You got uh, I, Peter Sagan's so, memoir. So, Talk to me. So a couple things. Uh, kind of a. A piece of fun news: Peter Sagan, uh, who at, at the at the at the ripe old age, I think he's twenty eight now, has published a memoir, <laughs> which which I, I I like I I get it because he's a he is the the hands down far and away the most recognized cyclist in the world right now. Um, his, wow! Wow! His, that was, <laughs> his value. We just lost so many. We just lost so many professional cyclists is, who we were hoping would listen to this podcast. But but, he, but in in terms of in terms of marketing dollars and sort of value to is, the sport, is it, is it not incredible that he that Tour de France multiple Tour de France winner Chris Froome? Yeah. Is versus not. versus Peter Sagan and Peter Sagan is I agree with you wholeheartedly. Peter Sagan is he's charismatic. Yeah, very charismatic. He's he's nice. He's a fun rider to watch. Um, he he's he's very very capable. All this kind of stuff. He hasn't won the tour. No, he but doesn't. He doesn't go in necessarily for all those grand tours and all that kind of stuff. And yet, still, you're absolutely right. But. <laughs> Here's my question, and, and and so so the so the news is is that the the book will be published in in North America and be available uh, towards the end of this year. But you know the the timing of this, he's certainly has accomplished a lot in the sport. Like, and he's also now a dad. Um, does this kind of signal a he's on the other side of the hump a little bit, and now thinking a bit more? That Whoa. his better years are behind him because he's putting out this memoir. Um, that's that's question number one. Question number two: Are you going to buy it? <laughs> okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna go I'm gonna go two first, and the answer. I think the better question is: Will I read it? <laughs> um, so I was given Bradley Wiggins' uh, biography, my time um, about his tour of, about the year you know leading up to. And including the year that he won the Tour de France, uh, first Englishman to do so, and that was a, that was a Christmas gift, and um, I very much enjoyed I very much enjoyed that. Uh, Pissagan, will I buy it? Oh, probably not. Will I read it? Probably. Most probably, I'll read it. Most somehow it's gonna end up on my bedside table. I think because I, you know, I'm the guy who was like, oh, uh, oh, uh, and then the next thing you know, I'm reading Nick Offerman's it, well, biography from Parks and Rec. The so. the copy that's gonna be on on your bedside table, you're probably gonna get from me because <laughs> I won't be able to help myself. <laughs> so you're definitely well. It's. I'm I'm hopeful that it'll just um, give some some insights into he I mean he's a I'm I'm very intrigued with how he trains or or, or his because he's he he's kind of a different creature he doesn't like really have a home base and like he has moved around quite a bit and and he's and his his thing has always been like. Like I just want to go out and ride my bike, right? And and so I can really appreciate that about him that he's like he has this love for cycling, 
and he doesn't really care about anything else. And um, but I think the other thing is he, like he's a um, certainly a a very unique writer. Some some will say he's you know a once in a generation kind of writer, and, and I'm not sure if he's there or not. But I, I think he's he's certainly one of those writers that that is capable of very special things on the bike, and has and has proved that. And, and so for me, I'm very intrigued. Well, well, like, how do you, how are you able to do that? What does your, what do your days look like? What's, what's training like? Um, and, you know, there's been things that have been put out um, here and there about what he does in terms of training. But um, I, I, I always find those types of insights most fascinating about these types of yeah, biographies. I, 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 yeah, I, I just, I caution you because... <laughs> The Wiggins biography doesn't contain an awful lot of, like, training plans. I'm gonna be surprised if the memoir... I still love it. I still love it. It's the memoir. The memoir um, is gonna talk about training. I got a suspicion it's gonna be more Hero. about life, life around cycling because his... Um, publisher, co-author, uh, ghostwriter. You know. I didn't say that. <laughs> I didn't say what I was thinking. Um, but I think that they're, they're going to be saying sort of anybody can go to your Wikipedia page and take a look at how fast you did X Descent or how many times you won the world championships. And that's been televised. Come on, Peter. We want to know about the behind-the-scenes you. Um, so, yeah, there could be sort of training stuff, and it could start like, my early life, I started pedaling a bike, and I didn't stop for 48 days once, you know, or something like that. There could be something like But I think you're going to find it more along the lines of how he met his wife, um, how he fell in love with the tour of California, um, what is his favorite wine to drink. <laughs> I think there's going to be... I think it's going to... Uh, where, where he hangs his green jerseys. Yeah, so yeah no, exactly, right? It... it that's, I think, what I think you're going to. I, I, I think and you're going to love the biography. Excuse me, memoir. Um, you're going to love the memoir. And no, I don't think he's at all close to finishing. Um, yeah. The thing about it is, and and when you're talking about a once in a lifetime, it's sort of a phenomenal rider. There are other riders in this category, and um, not many. So it's a pretty tiny group. But the the real question is, will we in ten years be talking about him in the same breath? It's only there's only one person that I can equate to Peter Sagan, and I don't know if I'm really doing that justice or not. But I have friends in Belgium and you say the words Eddie Merckx and you're kind of invoking the name of a living saint, right? Um, I think there are going to be I think there's going to, there's going to be regions uh, of the Balkans where you know, Peter Sagan is going to be you know, on the currency. <laughs> Uh, he's gonna have his he's, he's gonna have his profile picture on some coin somewhere, some unit of currency. He could be like the Eddie Merckx um, of you know of that of that region, and and that 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 would be kind of cool if if we were talking about cycling in the days of someone as phenomenal as as the great Eddie Merckx, because um, that's kind of who I equate him to. Yeah. 
I think he's going to need to win a couple more of the spring classics. Or it, it, I mean, he he's I think certainly the th- the three world championships in a row is unprecedented. Yes, all the green jerseys. Um, he, he, he and he's won and he's won the Tour of California. Um, I think I think his um, I think he he's still um, I don't know so certainly his Paris Roubaix. Uh, he he's got it, those is, a couple is, right has. But he's he's still at, at least in in that area of cycling is there's still a number of people who have you know, one Perry Roubaix two and three times or yeah. one Tour absolutely two and three absolutely times, right? I just I just I just I think that um, Sagan. Um, Annie's memoir, which I don't think I do not think he's done. I think the only the only th- big difference that people who follow cycling, pro cycling especially, um, for longer and, and in greater depth would would just point to me and just say, "Are you kidding me? He hasn't won a single Grand Tour." Um, and you know, may, maybe he will be the Dan Marino of of the sport. You know, the greatest rider to never win a Grand Tour. No offense, Dan. You were always my favorite quarterback. And maybe it's just you know a way to try to help promote the sport in North America. Um, you know, you you look by at, by writing a memoir. You, yeah. <laughs> I'm never letting this go. I am never ever letting this go. A memoir. All right. Yeah, a memoir. <laughs> Let's <laughs> one other quick piece of uh, T two news. Um, Wildflower, the iconic, the return, the oh. return of Wildflower. Um, just a, a unique event um, out in California. Ha- it was dominated by Jesse Thomas for a number of years. Um, he he won uh, he won it from. 2011 to 2016 um and this year he he came in second uh so a new up-and-comer rudy von berg um a 24 year old took the win quite 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 handily quite quite handily handily. um and you know afterwards jesse thomas kind of talking about this maybe being or him maybe being on the downslope of of his career and and having an interest in family and his business and and all these things. I, so what what I was struck by with that exit interview, and I, I used that exit interview to be very, uh, in the loosest possible definition. Um, number one, he's 38. Um, first of all, Jesse Thomas, if you listen to this, I'm telling you right now, um, you don't look 38. He looks more like he's 28. I couldn't believe it when he said he was 38. Second of all, uh, I think about the Crowies and the Maccas who were family athletes. For instance, like a Crowie right now who, Who's, who's a family athlete. And he's still racing. And he's, and at he's a high still level. <laughs> racing at a very high level. That's exactly my, my point. Um, I think that uh, for like the Crowies and the Maccas, age is not the issue. And I think it, I don't think age is the issue for Jesse Thomas at all. I think the, the what he was talking about was, yes, he would like to spend more time with his family. Um, I'm sure, again, the Crowies and the Maccas, etc. Um, also like spending time with their families. It's, that as well as being a pro athlete, Jesse Thomas also has. Um, I think he's he's a man with like very um, I don't want to say varied tastes. I, I, I think it's just just more or less he's always looking for the next challenge. He he's conquered Wildflower. 
handily, yeah. handily. And he's moved into the Iron Man arena and had great success there. Um, he's competed at Kona. He's had ups and downs, you know. He, especially now, later on, when he's moved to the bigger distances, you know, he's he's seen that um, what it what it takes to sort of get to Kona. He's also seen Matt Russell get creamed by a car on the bike course, um, and he's got a business of his own that he's very very interested in. And some, some of, some of us, I think, myself included in this, you know, it's difficult to maintain focus on just one challenge. Even I find myself at times, okay, looking for the new. Um, is 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 this new phase in my life an opportunity to think about something else? Um, and I, I think you're you're in a sort of a similar way, which yeah. is why you know you haven't been in the pool very much since Worlds. Is because hey, I'm going to see what I can do on the track. Yeah, I'm spending more time on the track, running two hundreds and three hundreds and four hundreds, and seeing how fast I can run a mile. Right, uh, and, but and so yeah. the other side of it is that I don't have any experience with, and that you are gaining experience with is that family portion, and I do think it can affect people differently. Certainly, and and uh, you know, and I think Jesse Thomas famously kind of works works out of the, the garage. You know, it, it, it's it's his own business. It's also kind of run out of his home. Uh, and he's a busy guy. He is. Like he and in addition to uh, in addition to the picky bar uh, right. business, he is he has he has written for Triathlete magazine. Right. And and so I think to your point, like he ha- he is a gifted person in a lot of different right. realms and and beyond being a good triathlete and um and you know you kind of get to a point in life where those intellectual kind of pursuits are are most appealing or or more appealing i should say most but you know i think the other thing is certainly he is a he's a family guy and so being a professional triathlete is it's very difficult to pay the bills, and so it, it, it is, you know. And, and I always remember, um, I, I think it was Crowy, yeah, I'm certain it was, who sort of said, you know, said, I am a very selfish person in the term that, you know, I, I'm doing this training, I'm doing all this, I'm doing all that, and you know, I, I don't necessarily get to see my family, my wife, etc., as much, and it's it's kind of gotta be about me 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 and he's like that 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 reaches up that reaches a point um and it must do in both your relationship sure but also for yourself like your own self-consciousness like yeah you know um training all the time that's one thing but then when you're gone globally you're throwing global travel as well and and you you're not staying you know, at the Ritz Carlton and all that kind of stuff, and and so yeah, it's it, it can I think being a professional athlete of any level, um, you may get your faces in the magazines, but it's a little bit like being royalty. I kind of wouldn't want it for myself. Yeah, you know, I, I'm happy to be doing what I'm doing. Um, and yeah, I mean, you know, imagine a training day when you come back in. We've all had this, right? Where you have the training day and you're absolutely exhausted. And maybe it's your time to cook dinner, and you're just, uh, can we just order? Can we just order in? Because you know I don't have the strength to, or whatever. And so somebody else looking at you saying, "Come on, <laughs> we've got dishes to do, bills to pay, yeah, we want to, the grass, the grass needs mowing, etc." Life goes on. Yeah, yeah, like uh, do, it, doing yard work, or if I want to go have beer and pizza, right. uh, like that's that's okay, that's cool. Right, that's exactly. You should do that, but. Uh, I think the funny thing about uh, the Rudy Von Berg 
story is that uh, just several days after he won this this big race the first uh kind of big win of his career he there was uh he was able to land a handful of bike related sponsors and so he that's great uh yeah so he will um so dt swiss and ryd ride your dreams um colnago bikes um so he so basically if you want to be a sponsored athlete just win a big race (laughs) Yeah, I've been working on that for a while now. Um, onto the run. Onto the run. I will finish with the run, as it always does. In the end, it's a running race, and we'll uh, we'll make this one short here. Jenny Simpson, I just saw this. She's a Iowa native. Um, she just set the new U.S. women's uh, two-mile record. Oh man, nine twenty twenty-five for the two-mile. That's that's fast. Um, so yeah. It's, we'll finish off with that well played Jenny Simpson uh, I think it was the Drake International Relays um, yeah that's blistering speed blistering fast uh, enough said yeah enough said so we'll finish uh, that's the news all the news that's uh, fit to listen to you do so I've got this 100 mile ride classically called a century century coming up tomorrow road ride probably peloton style not race right um early season so what goes in the food and drinks bottles straight up water you serious for 100 miles what <laughs> no <laughs> you, you said that was such a straight face <laughs> totally kidding though i do remember um it was a I could not believe you said that. <laughs> <laughs> I do remember a couple of years ago we when we did a couple early season 75 80 mile rides and I remember one very vividly because I took us on a wrong turn and extended our ride uh, about an hour longer than it was supposed to be. And you and you were riding with one bottle of water. I was riding with a bottle of water. One bottle I had 80 miles. And I had I, I had a coffee before that ride because I thought <laughs> I thought we were going out for like a few a couple of hours I had a cup of coffee I, we met up I I, 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 I thought bonked. I was going to have to give I you a bonked. toe I bonked so hard at the end of that that was I, I, you know I got to about honestly I got to like mile 75 and I was I was great and then the wheels just came right off that last like 5-10 miles I was, I was struggling to just get the crank arms turning over well now that you're actually like preparing for and and right and, and hoping to show up with an adequate supply of nutrition on race day. What are you doing for your century? So um, I'm gonna do. It's difficult because you gotta manage. You gotta manage it on the bike. Meaning because it's just a ride, yet there isn't a sag wagon. So if I get a flat, I get a flat, and you know I, I could be out kind of in the boonies. Um, so I have to take uh, some kind of uh, some kind of kit, which is always advisable anyway. Um, uh, that's what I said to Peter Sagan. I think you'll find it in his memoir. It's always good to take take, take a flat kit with you. Um, so that being said, do I you know whereabouts do I how do I manage that? Because I think I'm going to take two bottles and. I think I'm going to do heed in both of them. I think I'm going to do heed. I think there's a little bit of protein. I might splash in a little Gatorade powder just to increase the amount of electrolytes. But quite frankly, it doesn't look like it's going to be a super hot day. So I think I'm just going to go with two bottles of heed. Um, 
typically one I'll do richer than the other. Um, so, you know, like a full scoop powder in one of them and then like a half scoop in the other. I, I do like the contrast. Um, when you're out for a long time, you know, and you're into this, in the saddle for like maybe six hours or something like that, having, I, I find having everything exactly the same gets tedious and old super quickly. Um, you can always stop and pull over somewhere and get water on these rides, a gas station or something like that. And there are, are there a couple aid stations? I think so, yeah. yeah. I feel like for a lot of centuries, there's usually like two, Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, exactly. two or three maybe. I think, and I, I think that they are. I'll, but I'll be honest, I'm picking up my packet tonight so we can find all this out. <laughs> but but I, I mean, a lot of them have like, you know, Rice crispy treats and yeah. chips and right, 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 right. Um, but it's sometimes. sponsored by the um, Fulton Brewery, so I'm hoping they'll have more. Beer. Just, yeah. <laughs> beer. Have more rice crispy <laughs> treats. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think I'm gonna go to two bottles and use the heat. The the thing I do like about um, which is a Hammer product. The thing I really like about Hammer, if, if to to any other athletes. Most people are aware of this, but if you are unaware, you go to their website and they have a some kind of a supplement for everything. Um, it's the it's the only it's the only company I know that does basically stuff to add to your water bottle, goos or gels, right? And they have a catalog. <laughs> they actually have a, a catalog of of you know they've got their enduro lights. They've got their oh, so if you're riding for two hours, you choose <laughs> yes, this. If right. you're riding four hours, you choose that's this. That's exactly right. It's incredible. Um, so does that. Uh, so 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 with these longer endurance uh, rides or sessions. Are you more of a of a of a liquid fuel no, guy, that's, that's my, or, that's, a, that's or a hard, hard fuel? I, I, I take goose. Right, I take goose super sparingly. Um, any any kind of the gel, the goo products, I take super sparingly. Um, most of the time, I find most of the time I find that. Um, it's a little bit of a um, sort of a, a bait and switch when you're taking goos and, and gels because you have to wash them down with so much water anyway. I mean, they're, they're super concentrated, but then you have to dilute them in your stomach with them. And I'm one of those people who, you know, I take a goo, I can feel it in my stomach straight away. I take a power bar and I, I, it immediately like lifts me up emotionally. So I'm definitely a solid guy. And uh, on my training rides warming up into this, I've been uh, I've been on uh, jerky or um, grass-fed uh, jerky and um, salted nut rolls, which I absolutely absolutely adore. Um, so I'm thinking two bottles, heed, then the jerky. It gives you something to do as well, you know. It gives you it gives your mouth kind of something to do when you're on like a jerky. And they're little nuggety type um, jerky bits. And um, I might do uh, Boom Chicka Pop or whatever it's called. Oh, yeah, I've heard of those. I've, right. I've tried them a couple times. Right, Boom Chicka Pop does a, like a, uh, what do I call it? A granola, a, like a muesli or a, you know, a snack mix. And so I'll probably just get one of those as well. So I'm probably going to be well, well maintained in terms of that. I've just got to find someone to put the flat kit. <laughs> So in your back pocket. Well, I've got those. You know, you got your three. So I'm gonna have jerky and salted nut rolls in one, and I'm gonna have the, the the granola. You know, the snack mix in the other. So I've got that middle one. Just I, I have to be symmetrical. Just duct tape it to your top two. Oh, but my bike is so beautiful. So what didn't we talk about? Ironman 70.3 St. George, Lionel beats the German, 
Um, Arsene Wenger's last game managing Arsenal. I will miss you, Arsene Wenger. What else did we not talk about? Your silences are thunderous. I don't know. Tell me. I know. I, I'm trying to think. We didn't do. We didn't have time for good tech crap tech, and we didn't have time to analyze another. Is these Hot Wheels? Is these Hot Wheels? We didn't have time to take a look at another pro bike. There's too much going on. Yeah, there really is. There really is. Um, okay. Well, that's that, that's okay. At least we mentioned them. We mentioned them. I I think we um, we need to work on every triathlete's problem, which is time management. <laughs> How very true. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much for downloading. Please go ahead and subscribe. Again, you can follow us on Twitter. Um, anything you got to say, positive or negative, we can take that kind of criticism. Uh, please go ahead. Channel 3, all block capitals, and the 3 is the E. Thanks, and uh, have a good one. Go get out there. Cheers. Bye.